on this week's dose, we have Josh Ron, co-founder and general partner at Oceans, an early stage venture fund focused on the New York entrepreneurial ecosystem and other emerging tech markets like Austin. Josh has truly had a wild, winding journey into venture, first having acquired a company from his fraternity brothers at WashU, which ultimately led him into the trucking and logistics industry after college, which is where he really got bit by the entrepreneurial bug. Yeah, from there, he even bounced around in the music industry, at one point having traveled with Hall & Oates as assistant tour manager, and he later started a company that he sold to Sony. And then from there, he finally took a leap of faith, following a trusted boss and mentor in his life to this new small startup called Facebook. Yep, fast forward nine years and Josh helped build out the NYC office for that little startup Facebook where he learned so much and met countless people who went on to make big waves in tech. And it was only after his son fired him from the house after his stint at Facebook that he ultimately got back into the earlier stage of entrepreneurship advising founders around New York and ultimately realizing that that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, so he got together with some of his friends to start Oceans, each of them having a very specific expertise to help founders in a hands-on manner, outsizing the value of the checks they've written and building a truly awesome reputation among their founders. In the interview, you'll hear some great stories, some laughs and lessons, as well as incredible advice from Josh's illustrious career. And we are so pumped to share this one with the Pilgrims. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Josh. You see here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, we welcome on Josh Ron, co-founder and general partner at Oceans, an early stage venture fund focusing on the New York entrepreneurial ecosystem. Josh, we met you in Austin a month or two ago. We've been looking forward to this. Thanks for coming on the show. And thank you guys. Excited to, to catch up and talk shop. Yeah. <laughs> just just to give the listeners a background, you hosted an awesome event there in downtown Austin for some of the entrepreneurs and people in the community here and, and just told your story, you know, starting at Facebook and kind of your unconventional path. We wanted to share a lot of that as well. Maybe we can just start there. Talk to us about your early path into the world of tech entrepreneurship at large. Sure. Just quick point. We invest outside of New York. So 60% of our portfolio is New York, but just our hypothesis on the New York thing is that every cap table needs some New York on it. There's no company on NASDAQ that doesn't have a presence in New York. So we just think a little bit of the New York magic. Everybody deserves a little piece. But yeah, you know, for me, born and raised New Yorker, pretty entrepreneurial family, non-traditional, you know, non-corporate environment. You know, I have one sister that became a doctor, but outside of that, everybody ran a little wild. And that was just an environment where hustle was like the currency. So I hustled in high school, mostly um, responsible decision-making during the hustling, mostly. <laughs> um, but, you know, growing up in New York City, you saw stuff, right? So, 
you know, whether it was your parents' friends or clubs or scenes or trouble or good or bad. Like, you just kind of saw capitalism. It was kind of fun. You know, and New York's never been cheap, so you always had to, like, figure it out. And my parents were pretty ruthless on, like, you know, my dad who passed away when I was really young. Like, the running line, I think I even said at his funeral, was, like, the first words I remember him saying was, like, get a job, right? So, like, that, that's been in me forever. <clears throat> So, you know, entrepreneurship rolled through, did some stuff in high school, made some dough. College got, went to Washington and St. Louis. I went there because my parents thought it was a good idea to get out of New York. They were like, you got to go see a different part of the country. Like this bubble thing. And they didn't use the word bubble. I mean, we use bubble now, but it was just like, you know, the world isn't just New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went to WashU and, you know, WashU at the time was not the WashU of today. You know, like every year, Washu gets better. I look smarter. It's kind of a cute little thing. I get older, I look smarter. Uh, but it was a lot of like really interesting people that I just wouldn't have met in another environment. And I got to school and I got a thing in the mail that was like, hey, you know, pick up your stuff at the mall and we'll ship your stuff to school. I mean, this is before Amazon. I mean, I'm old, right? So this is before Amazon. This is before UPS and that. Like logistics were not really a thing. Anyway, super interesting, you know, standard college trucking company run by a fraternity house. Zero surprises. There were two of them. One was ZBT, one was Sammy. I was in ZBT. Guys that were running it were juniors. They were looking to pay it forward and they were really bad business people, even though they were my good friends. And like, someone buy this (laughs) from us. (laughs) So me and four of my buddies bought it, bought it for three to four grand like really next to nothing. And then all of a sudden we were making like 50 to 60 grand over the course of a year. And, you know, this is the part where it's like no spreadsheets, no computers, no cell phones, no GPS. I mean, it was maps, paper, wallpaper. I mean, it was a mess. <laughs> but like everybody, you know, what was really interesting about it was like everybody had a role. Like one of our buddies who now runs a fund out of Chicago was like our engineer finance guy. And like, it was the first time I ever saw a spreadsheet. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like organized data. Not that I use those words, but it's like stuff makes sense. <laughs> I worked the phones. One guy did new biz. One guy did the trucks. But it was like an interesting little culture of like divide and conquer. We proceeded to sell that company. And when we flipped it for like, I think it was like 40 to 50 grand. We were like, we are cap- captains of industry. Crushed it. <laughs> like, you know, 10X. Anyway. Fast forward, I went to go work for uh, a company out of Kansas City, and it was a family office, family business that was looking to do a new business. And weirdly, it was like Tesla, but 25 years too early. Hmm. They owned an oil and gas business, trucking business, and they wanted to launch uh, alternative fuel vehicles. All I really heard first semester of senior year was, I'm going to pay you 80 grand to come to Kansas City. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> like I was like, so you just got to graduate. They're like, yep. I'm like, this is going to be great. I got there. I was like, all right, where's the team? And they're like, you are the team. I was like, oh, <laughs> and it was awesome. Right. I mean, I learned everything. I mean, they gave me some bumpers to bounce around with, but like pretty much it was like create your own adventure. And it was me and another guy and it was pretty cool. And anyway, it was just too early, but it was like an interesting experiment and like really exciting. It was in Mexico, learning Spanish, dealing with Ford, dealing like just like, you know, like that stuff they just don't teach you in college where you're just like, let it rip and bounce around. And like, for me, I was like, this is, this is, I was meant to do this. I didn't know it, but I was like, this is what I want to do. 
fast forward, it wasn't really working out so well. You know, I, I decided to come home. My, my sisters were having kids. It was time to come home. Big family, like, got to go. Home. Went home, bounced around New York City, tried a couple of toys, a couple of jobs, this, that, and the other. Uh, fun fact, stumbled into the music industry, ended up working as an A&R guy in clubs four nights a week. And then somebody asked me to go be the tour manager for a couple of bands. And I lived in a van, driving up and down the East Coast. And then I graduated to being the assistant tour manager for Hall and & Oates and living in a bus for a while. And it was, <laughs> it was awesome. Like every 24 year old should do that job, assuming you have uh, the ability to have restraint um, <laughs> on some of the dark side of that gig. But in the middle of it, I found a tech company that I really was digging. Like they were helping you move music across this thing called email. And they were sending e-cards. Fast forward, we became, I was like, I'm, 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 I'm not going to go be Kid Rock's assistant tour manager. I'm going to work for a tech company. Yeah. Like that was what my dad would want me to do because I saw what the Kid Rock tour bus looked like. And that just seemed a little too, I didn't trust myself. Yeah. So went to this tech company, we grew it and scaled it. And then uh, .com was like really web 1.0. I uh, ended up selling the company to Sony and I was back in the music industry. I was like, oh, I had to get back here. Thought I'd never come back here. It's kind of scary <laughs> over there. But what was interesting was that like, this is the beginning of Napster and the beginning of like streaming and music and, and like web 1.0 was flying. And it feels very similar today with AI. I was like really excited, like chaos, excitement. See what, see what the world says, right? Uh, in the middle of it, I ended up helping Sony with like these new digital products, ringtones, wallpapers, wall, like just kind of like mobile commerce. Super cool. I told my mom who never understood what I did that, um, I put brands with bands and then I try to put them online. She's like, what's online? I'm like, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. with the, you go tell your friends, I, I put brands with bands. Um, <laughs> did that for a couple of years, realized really quickly that I was not very well suited for a political organization. Like big company life was just not what I was cut out to do. I didn't go to Bain. I didn't do the big six stuff. I'm scrappy little, you know, entrepreneur guy. Like I got to go. I got a call in the middle of that gig from Univision and they were like, look, like you speak Spanish, you understand what's going on. And I had done some crazy Spanish deals with Walmart and Beyonce and weird stuff. And they were like, you get what we're trying to do. Can you come here and help us? So I went there and did some integrated marketing, helped them roll out uh, their mobile platform. You know, that was amazing. That was like, this is pre iPhone. This is really down and dirty. Mobile marketing, music, tech, commerce, way early, like wicked early. And then I stumbled into a boss that changed my life. And he believed in me and he built a team that was incredible. Like we went from zero to 60 million, like in revenues. Awesome. And in media, like that was, no one had seen that before. I mean, there was some dot com stuff that people had seen it, but like, this whole business of like building a team, being selfless, you know, on behalf of all Horn fans, I mean, it was like Sark, like really <laughs> selfless. I don't want the spotlight. I want the team to win. It was like amazing. Like, like uh, and then he told me he was quitting. I was like, what are you? <laughs> what about me? Like super, super naive, young, yeah. move. like what? A, what about me? And he's like, I'm going to go. And you know, he told me about this thing. He's like, you never heard of it before. And I'm like, I just want to, I want to work for you. Like I, you took care of me. 
I believe in you. You believe in me. Well, let's go. And he's like, you don't even know where I'm going. I'm like, I'm a people person. Like I can sell whatever anywhere. Like I know how to do that. Fast forward six interviews later, one trip out to California. I, I met with my future boss, Mark Zuckerberg, interviewed me at a pizza parlor right outside of the office in Palo Alto. And he's like, you know, it, this is the last interview. And apparently I did well enough for him to say green light go. We opened up Facebook's first New York office in 2007, joining a couple of people that had been a part of the org, but this is like the first time we were going to build a team. And it was pretty amazing. No titles, no healthcare, no clue. Go figure out how to make money off of this Facebook thing. I wish that experience on every good human I've ever met. Nine years of just unfettered chaos, six days a week, seven, 12 to 15 hours a day. Every two years, we were a new company. College only, not college. Desktop, feed. Feed, mobile. Mobile, social. Social, identity. Magic. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And for, if, you, if you dig velocity, that place was the fastest, steepest treadmill in the world. And like people fell off the side. Like they just couldn't handle it. And I, you know, there were you are looking at a 25 pound lighter version of that guy. <laughs> Cause all it was, was eat, sleep, eat, sleep, drink Facebook. And you know, it was just awesome. You know, and there was a lot of failure in there. I mean, we celebrated failure like tons. Like, I mean, the, my two biggest promotions happen with my two biggest failures. And that was like pretty liberating. Like you were told, do your best, try your hardest. Don't worry if you fail, like we, we need to fail. And like that changed literally everything about my life. And that's kind of how we ended up did that for nine years. And as it scaled, I really, really, really missed early stage. I missed the energy. I missed the torque. I missed the team building. Like, so took a year off, told my friends that I was going to drop 25 pounds, I think I got like 18. Told him I wanted to become a better parent and husband. I think I did pretty well at that or better than I expected. I wanted to get like better than I wanted to at, at golf. And I did all those things. And then six months into the gig of being gigless, my son, who is now 19, was like, Dad, like, you seem bored. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, you know, how many days a week can you work out? And I was like, I don't know, dude, I'm going crazy. And he really encouraged me to take a job. Like, he was like, you should go back to work. And like, we're good here. Like, green light, go, like, go. Called all my buddies and I was like, oh, I, think, I think my son just fired me. Like, I think he wants me out of the house. <laughs> like, he's a teenager and he's like, get out. Like, I can't come home from school every day and you be here. Like, this is like my house too. And I was like, super fair. <laughs> you know, I was like, so started consulting for founders. Like a lot of my buddies had left Facebook and in the tech space had started VCs or angel investing. And I just was like, put me in. Like I'll go do philanthropic advising. Like, let me just get out of the house, see what the world's like. And I live in deep downtown Manhattan. And I wake up every morning and I take a train up to the 60s. And I would literally, we were a cop, founder to founder to founder to Starbucks. To, I knew where every Starbucks was between like 30 founders and where every bathroom was. It was like kind of this funny <laughs> little 
way to just keep walking. Blew through a couple pair of sneakers and then realized that that was unsustainable. Told my friends like, hey man, like I love this stuff, but like something seems broken. Like founders are being told like some really weird things, things that I don't, am I an idiot? Like, I mean, I'm always wrong. I got family, they tell me I'm wrong every day, right? Like what, what, what am I not seeing here? And they're like, no, actually you, you're onto something. Seed stage investing is a bit broken. Like founders, especially in New York, are not getting the support and the guidance that they need. So fast forward, me and the crew started Oceans. I mean, you just covered everything basically you wanted to hear about leading up to Oceans. What a, what a crazy winding path. Yeah, really an awesome story there, Josh. Curious to hear how you kind of went from that to starting Oceans, how things started at first after your time coming to an end at Facebook. Yeah, I mean, so... I'm a team player. I am. I, I believe in teams. I'm the youngest of six. Every company I've ever been at that's been good or better than good was a team play. So when we launched Oceans after leaving Facebook, uh, I bumped into my butt. So there's a, a really incredible mentor that I had also. This guy's name is uh, Mike Lazaro. Runs a fund called Velvet Sea. Monster exits. Like serial entrepreneur. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Look up Mike Lazaro on YouTube and watch his video about when he sold his company. Bring tissues. Get inspired. <laughs> Life. Seriously. Like I cool. watch it once a year. It, it grounds me. Um, Mike said to me, do me a favor, make a chart. On the left, things you're bad at. On the right, things you're good at. On the top, access things you love. At the bottom, things you hate. Spend a month only talking to people about things in the upper right quadrant. If the call, the meeting isn't doing that, leave. Okay. <laughs> I'm a good listener most of the time. I proceed to go and see my buddy Steven Rosenblatt. I mean, I, and I did this, by the way, like 30 times. I had nothing but time and golf courses, right? Like I was like, I got... <laughs> Like I got to walk, I got to, you know, whatever, got to do stuff. So literally I took like 30 meetings and Steve and I had known each other since way back when, when I was at Sony, even before that. And we had been doing some monkeying around in web 1.0. I'm like things that are, were kind of bizarre, but like, anyway, we had gotten together and we knew each other and we started tracking together. Like when I went to Univision, he went to a startup called Quattro Wireless. Actually, he went to Dennis Publishing and he ran Maxim for a while back when that was a digital thing. Um, you know, like OnlyFans, but cleaner. Um, and then he went to Quattro and like, it was kind of a funny moment because I was still at Univision. He's like, I'm going to a startup. Like he was kind of like flexing yeah. and we're going to kill it. And then I was like, dude, you're going to kill it. I got to get one of those. <laughs> and then they proceeded to sell to Apple. And, you know, this is one of my friends. So he was pretty good at talking trash to me. <laughs> and, and I joined Facebook. And, you know, so when we were goofing around, I was like, look, man, like this, this early stage stuff seems really broken. Like, but I gave him the chart showed, and he started, he laughed in my face. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I've been wanting to launch a seed fund for the last six years. Like I have the model completely figured out. I was like, I don't really like the VC people. Like, I don't, I don't know. They're not team players. And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's what I want to do. And I, you know, I'm, scrappy and little guy like Napoleon complex. I'm like, do we get to like punch above our weight 
do we get to bet big? Do we get to like swing for the bleachers? And do I get to hang out with founders? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what color is my hoodie? Let's go. Like, let's, yeah. let's go. <laughs> right. And he's like, you're insane. I'm like, ah, I got fired in my house. Like you are my, you are my exit strategy out of the house. He's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we mapped out really what was most important at seed. Like really what do founders need the most? They need three things. Once you have, let's assume ca- everyone's got cash, right? This is before the market crapped out. But assuming all checks clear, the only three things that matter at seed, learn how to hire, learn how to go to market, and learn how to date A-round investors. Everything outside of that was noise. I'm like, well, I'm the go-to-market guy. Like, that's my jam. Like, I can do that all day long. Right, because I mean, that was my role at Facebook. Like I sat between the engineers and the and the and, and the street, helping them monetize, and then like kind of spreading it. That was kind of me. I was like, all right, I know how to do that. And Steven's like, well, I know venture. And then we were like, we were both like faking it. Like we've hired. I mean, I hired 150 people at Facebook. I was like, ah, all dressed <laughs> up. Like man, I'm the man. I was like, but let's be honest. There's better people at recruiting and learning how to recruit than us. Let's go get the best we can find in the world. And he looked at me like kind of blank face. And I'm like, I got a guy. And he's like, oh, good. Cause I don't have a guy. <laughs> so I went and called my buddy. His name is Glenn Handler. Glenn joined me at Facebook in 2008. I was there. Maybe he was there in 09. I was there in 07. And he came over with Cheryl. And he had worked uh, at Google doing en- international engineering recruiting. And he was, inc- I mean, really, truly incredible. And he was my business partner helping me to scale my business. And then my boss to help open up 50 offices around the world. But anybody that was non-Zuck, non-product, non-Eng, Glenn was in charge of recruit. So over the time um, that he was there, he hired 10,000 people at Facebook. Wow. Wow. Bonkers numbers. When he left, he had 120 recruiters working for him. It was chaos. (laughs) Here's what I know. (laughs) Facebook was getting a million resumes a year. And they figured out how to hire the top quarter percent. And they figured out how to say no to the wrong people. And I was like, Glenn, this is what early stage founders need. I need you to quit. <laughs> I laughing because I, I try to not laugh. I'm like, you're quitting. And he was like, <laughs> shut up. I'm hanging up on you. I'm like, nope. I'm like, I knew his wife. I'm like, call Amy. New gig. I'm like, he's like, I, I literally am hanging up on you. I'm like, you're not hanging up. So six months later, I convinced him to join Oceans. Wow. And the model that I said to him was like, look, man, like you can either go hire more people or you can go build more Facebooks. I was like, what do you want to do? And I know he's, a, I mean, he's a degenerate gambler. He let, I mean, he's, we're boys. So like, I was like, you want to bet on yourself? I'm like, you're, you know, like, let's go. He regrets it ever since. So we started Oceans uh, five years ago. Uh, it took, him a, it took him and Steven a year to get out of their gigs, listen to my nonsense, get them all jacked up, get them ready for the sugar bowl. We raised money, wrote our first check in 2020. We realized that there were two other people that we wanted to bring into the team. One was like, we needed a finance person. Like we needed a real, like if we were going to play, if we were going to be professional gamblers, we needed a good bookie. And Brian was the best CFO in the history of like what we could get access to. Hmm. And he's brilliant. And was an ex electrical engineer, but went over to Time Inc. and bought three billion dollars worth of, of tech stuff to take time from being like Sports Illustrated, the magazine at your doctor's office, to Bleacher Report. 
right? So he knew what tech companies needed to be at the finish line. He knew what they needed, to, like their books like, like you just, all things math, Brian, amazing, and happened to be an incredible electrical engineer and engineer. So he got the engineering mindset. And like all lunatics like me, I realized that I really needed like a straightener. Like I needed someone to keep me on the rails. And Glenn thinks he does it, but he doesn't. He keeps <laughs> me a little crazy. But like I was like, we need professional ops ninja. And the, and the world doesn't need another four-dude company. So we brought in Sarah Barrick, who I'd known for 20 years, and she was the best. I mean, the best ops person I'd ever seen. I think I even tried to hire her at Facebook a couple of times and she was working in an NLP tech startup. So basically it was the five of us. We raised 11 million. We called it Oceans, like Oceans 11, kind of cute, right? Fun name. Mm -hmm. Everybody had a specific role. We were all the best at what we could do. We were all betting on income. We were betting on the outcome. We launched Oceans, raised 11 million, fund one. From... Lots of friends, lots of operators, people that were like, you guys made us money once before, we'll do it again. And like, you know, the best thing about being at Facebook, and this is like Glenn's model, which I think every founder should listen to really clearly, hire people better than you. Like over hire. Hmm. They got to have grit, they got to hustle, but like literally, like if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, who's going to take over? Hire that person tomorrow. So, you know, we were like, we, we got to like really like, that team that we had over time was incredible. I mean, my, my colleagues, when I left Facebook, had gone on to run TikTok globally, Twitter, one pre-Elon, Snap, Reddit, you name it, they ran tech. And they were like, yeah, we'll throw you some money. Like, let's try this experiment out. And we brought in some family offices to kind of make sure that we were professional. But we raised 11 million and wrote... 37 checks. So that was fun one. We did that for two years and we had three goals. Earn pro rata in every deal, non-contractual. We wanted to know that founders wanted us so badly to stay with them forever that they'd give mm -hmm. us pro rata. Out of our 37 deals, 22 of them did up rounds and we got pro rata in each one. And some of them we got more than we were supposed to get. Wow. Two, we wanted to wedge our little weasel noses into deals that we had no business being in. <laughs> we had founders that were raising money from NEA and A16Z and we were like, carve out money for us. <laughs> like, tell the big boys you want these little lunatics on your cap table. And what was interesting was that the big funds loved that we were on there because we were going to do the work they were never going to do. Mm. We were the, like, we were the, we were the bouncer, the grown up, the coach, the mentor, and they were getting five for the price of one. So, and then the third was just like, kind of like, let's really ask our founders, like we have like, we didn't do an NPS score, but like greater homework. Like, are we good? Like, are we, were we, and across the board, we heard, we really wish you were lead investor for us. Like mm. you guys are doing the work that, and, and if you had bigger check size, we would have, we would have taken the money from you, which is cute to say afterwards. Cause no one's taking money. No one's saying no to Andreessen, which and I get it, but like the, the spirit was there, which led us to say, we should go raise fund two. And we raised fund two, 31 million. And now we were leading and co-leading, getting major investor rights. We had been building our brand. We started investing everywhere. Fund two, we closed about 90 days ago. 
we were a little crazy. So we started investing out of it before we closed it. So we're actually <laughs> like a third, maybe 40% of the way deployed. We've written 15 checks, maybe 16, depending on what time this thing gets published. Wow. And uh, we're writing one to $2 million checks, buying 10% and nothing has changed. We are a team that bets on teams that make sure that founders have great teams on their cap table. And we pow pound the team drum 24 seven. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And congrats on the second fund and the growth and just the, the great feedback from your founders. Clearly the team emphasis is important to you. Talk to us a little bit more about like some of the founders that you have and what, what are you looking for in founders and founding teams? Mm -hmm like personality wise, but maybe also experience wise, dive into that a bit. So, you know, if you looked at the first 45 checks we wrote, same thing all the time, technical co-founder, people that were like, I see a problem. It is driving me insane. Like literally like a deeply rooted issue, keeping them up at night. And people that had endurance to go five to 10 years, like founder life is nasty. It is mm -hmm. a roller coaster for probably seven years at a minimum. You better love or be pissed off enough to solve that problem <laughs> that you're going to do it for seven years. And then there was like a DNA thing. Like, had you done something before really exceptional? And I don't, you know, I don't care if you were a, D1 athlete, like what was your exceptional thing? Mm -hmm. um, were you a second time builder, a third time founder, like a couple of X's in there, like first, you know, second time this, third time, but like, had you seen a movie that you had learned from that either you wanted to do the complete opposite because you saw it didn't work or you saw signs of life and you wanted to go for it? You know, our, the, 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 the baseball cards on our founders are pretty ridiculous. I mean, like literally when we showed institutional investors who we, who are, and by the way, who are letting us write checks into their business, I, it is a, it is an honor to give these people money. Um, they're the best and the brightest. So, um, that's been the primary pipeline, you know, as we scale the business, we are opening our aperture a little bit. Um, just to kind of make sure that we're not sniffing our own glue, right? <laughs> like, let's just, so we've actually launched a scout program, Austin, which is how we met, yeah. Austin, Nashville with Vandy and University of Washington in Seattle. You know, I have to remind myself that I've been given the gift of fortune and time and patience because I went to go work for a bunch of college dropouts. So... You know, I just got off the phone with the founders. Like, I love 20 to 30-year-old founders. It's just a different investment approach. So, you know, 20 to 30-year-old founders or founders on the West Coast are like watching like an eight-year-old ski a double black diamond. Like completely fearless, low to the ground, don't care. You fall that, like failure isn't even in their vernacular. And just like, it's just snow. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're starting to open the aperture a bit try to figure out what that feels like, get that motion going. You know, we're building for an enterprise. You know, we want to build a five, seven, 10 fund ecosystem. So, you know, to do that, you gotta, you gotta kind of 
extend yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone. So that's kind of who we invest in. Got it. Yeah, that's that's great. Sounds like you are you know pretty involved with a lot of awesome teams out there. Might be tough this next question for you, but would love to hear about a couple notable portfolio companies that have you particularly excited at the moment. You know, this is kind of like, what's your favorite kid? Yeah. <laughs> but it's different, right? So this this business has got a, a hard side to it, right? I mean, you, you can spend eight minutes on ChatGPT on what's power law. And, you know, you will hear from the top fund managers and you'll see in our fund construction, that 50% of our founders are just going to fail. And, and, and that's okay. No one's, no one's paying us to make 5%. Like we, we have to swing for the bleachers. So, you know, we're in a high risk business. So we're betting at pre-seed and seed, sometimes pre-product. So like, while I, I love all the kids, 50% of these kids are going to go away. <laughs> right. You know, because we bet on people, it's really hard to say who I like the most because I really genuinely like all of them. They're good humans. Because one of our parameters for investing is like we only invest in people that we know people will want to work for. Because that's the only way you're going to build a right, great team. But, you know, like there's things that excite me industry-wise. Like I really, really am passionate about community. I'm passionate about the power of AI. I'm passionate about like new ways of working. So, you know, we have a founder, like we're big data goons. Like we love data, more data, but more better. Cause like mm -hmm. everybody spent the last 15 years throwing data up into the sky and no one knows how to get it down. <laughs> and we believe that there's going to be software that's going to be built. But like we have a couple of founders that I, I, I'm very connected to. And that doesn't mean their favorite. It's just, I'm personally, aligned with like, there's a woman named Kathy Zhu. She was the assistant general counsel at DoorDash. One lawyer, 1000 employees, legal documents, my height on all sides of her. <laughs> Being managed in the Google spreadsheet. She's just like, this doesn't work. So she went out and built Streamline, which is a workflow product that is filled with AI to help law firms go faster. And like that to me is, you know, I think she could be a fun returner. She's also an awesome founder and anybody that wants a great job should go work for her. She's an incredible human being. We'll build the best team and will hopefully make me look like a really smart investor. Um, <laughs> there's another guy named Sasha from Turnery. Sasha's one of these unique characters that when you meet him, you're like, this guy is not a founder. And then all of a sudden you start talking to him and you're like, this guy may see the world in a way that I will never see it. And that is magic. <laughs> you know, every big company in the world has a huge um, cloud bill. I mean, just, and it's weird. Like, you know, like you're in Texas, right? You guys know in the summer, the AC bills, it's she hot, right? <laughs> CFOs and CTOs don't really know why their cloud bill goes up and down and AWS and GCP give you some tools, but like they, they it's not really, so he, they, they built a system that enables you to manage your cloud bill. And that, I mean, they've got some Fang customers. I mean, they, Sasha's crushing it. Hmm. So, I mean, those, those are two. And then there's David Energy, you know, the XUT uh, McCombs guy came up to New York. 
I mean, I could do this all day. I love them all. Yeah. But like, those are the three that I'm like really emotionally connected to at this exact moment. We have some that we just wrote checks into that are not live yet. When they turn the screws on that, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little giddy. We have another <laughs> one that if you want to really see the power of AI, check out theoasis.com. They're still trying to figure it out, but man, I use that product three to four times a day. Wow. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning some of those there. We'll have to take a look and we'll link that in our show notes for sure. Awesome. Um, helping share their stories. You mentioned, you know, at the top, I mentioned that you guys focusing on New York City, but not, not, not entirely and solely. Talk to us a little bit. And of course, we met you in Austin. Like what gets you excited there? I know mean, when you told us, when you're talking to everybody there, you thought Austin could be what New York was like, you know, back in 07. So when I joined Facebook, an incredibly brilliant, like I am talking 3X founder, multiple exit, monster exits, not like cute little, like monster. He's from Brooklyn, moved to Brookline, which is worth a thousand jokes. <laughs> He said to me, only an idiot will go work for a company in the Valley in New York. <laughs> and I was going to leave my family. And I was like, well, I'm going to be that idiot. Yeah. And what I didn't realize at the moment why he said that was that there was no engineering horsepower in New York yet. And like you would be on the outside looking in. And like that didn't seem like what he wanted as a founder, which made sense because he's a founder, right? But what I realized pretty quickly was that I was in the right place at the right time. And in New York City 20 years ago, there were only engineers working on Wall Street. Like you were like a back-end engineer for Morgan Stanley Goldman. Like you name it, like you were building stuff for quants at Pfizer. Mm -hmm. But then came Craig Neville Manning from Google and he planted a flag and was like, we're going to put engineers here. And then Foursquare, where Stephen was at, like Dennis started hiring the best engine. If you were an engineer and you didn't want to leave New York, you went to go work for Foursquare. Mm -hmm. Wrap it up. That was your job. But like without engineering horsepower, it's very hard to have a tech hub. Yeah. 20 years later, MongoDB, I mean, there's exits all over New York and there's engineers everywhere. And you, you go walk through Brooklyn and there's engine, you know, it's we're we're alive, right? We're that we are a firm number two and getting closer and closer. Look, nothing's ever going to change the dream sequence that happens out West. Like that is like mm -hmm. Disneyland for builders. But I think New York's a very good, strong, close to, and we'll get there over time. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. It's hard for me to not think that we're not going to take them down. Yeah. <laughs> but when I look at Austin, I think Austin's exactly where I was when I joined Facebook. Got Meta over there. You got Tesla. You got some remnant Dell. Overhired. Started to fire. What happens to all those people? They either come, no, by the way, no one's born in Austin. Right. So they either go home, whatever home is, they go to the Valley, they go to New York or they start a company in Austin. I think mm -hmm. Austin's five years away from a, look, they've had a couple, one or two big hits, but like to be a hub, you got to, you got to crank them out once every 18 months. I think Austin's five years away. I want to be there. I love Austin. You know, Glenn opened the um, Austin office with a, a woman he was kind of her recruiter, but fired that up from zero to 3000 with a guy named Chris Burton. Like they flew. Yeah. So I think Austin's next. Seattle's interesting. Not there yet. I think that's more of a talent pipeline, but not a founder pipeline. And Boston will always have 
Harvard and MIT kids that are trying to figure out what to do next. So I, we want, you know, my kids all play soccer. I'm always like, just stay by the goal. You want to be on the highlight mm -hmm. reel, stay by the mm -hmm. goal. So we're trying to stay by the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know Sam and I are quite bullish on Austin as well. So we love to hear that. Taking a little bit of a larger step back here. It's obviously a pretty interesting time, but to put it lightly in the venture capital market, I would, would love to hear just given your perspective a little bit more on your take on the current state of it. Anything B round and above is going to be a mess. The great recap is on, right? I mean, at the, we are at the beginning of a new cycle. If you're in seed and pre-seed, this may be a once in a generation moment. Lower costs. Last year's $20 million valuation is now 12. So I can buy more for less. Founders are capital constrained, which forces creativity. They're not doing the nice to do. They're doing the only thing to do. All the people that are getting laid off at the later stage or people that are like disenchanted with the recap and their cap, their equity going to zero. They, 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 they want, they love the gain. They just, they don't like the ickiness of being recapped. So talent is everywhere. Like literally everywhere. I can, if I were a bad person, I would take all of my founders and I would take a lap around every B round company and just start plucking talent off the line. Who wants a job? <laughs> It's an amazing once in a gen. And then you throw AI into it and it's magic town. They have a new computational platform. I mean, this to me is the new mobile. Not going to, this isn't crypto. This is real. This is, this is 15 years in the making. So you put that all together. We're seeing better deals, more passionate founders. Founders that are caring about, check this out, revenue earlier. <laughs> Business fundamentals are a real thing again. I think this, you're going to see trillion dollar companies built in the next 18 months. Yeah. How exciting wow. to, to be in a place like Austin or New York and for you specifically to be investing in these yes. awesome people, hopefully building some of those in the future. That's the hope. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, this is literally the American dream. I mean, this is it right? It's completely democratized. We just sat with one of the top engineers I've ever had a long chat with. And he was really honest. And he was like, every 90 days, I have to throw out all my code because there's new AI that replaces it. It's <laughs> the most humbling experience. And this guy has built the real deal stuff. So like, touch democratized, low cost of entry, Good times. Yeah. Really good times. I mean, hard times. Listen, I haven't worked this hard in 15 years. I am not, I would be lying. I'm probably pulling 12 to 14 hour days, three to five days a week. But, you know, if, if you're built for this, showtime. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap up our talk with you today, Josh's. For the pilgrims out there, we call them our, our listeners, the pilgrims. Uh, nice. A lot of <laughs> a lot of us may want to jump in. Maybe they don't know how, where to start. Maybe they have an idea. You mentioned some great advice that one of your mentors gave you about the four quadrants and focusing in the upper right. What what advice would you give, whether young or old, new or you know, within the ecosystem, 
to get involved in this and, and hop on this wave? Be vulnerable. Expose yourself. Tell people your dreams. Tell them what you're afraid of. Move quick. Speed wins. This is a race. Don't get paralyzed by insecurity. Be invigorated by opportunity. Celebrate failure. I know that's like this stupid cliche, but like seriously, make mistakes. Do it. Do it now. Get it out of the way. Yeah. There's a guy I worked with at Sony, third time founder, was sitting next to him when the planes crashed at 9-11. And he said to me, to really hit pay dirt, it takes seven swings. Fail six times. Don't be mad that you failed. Be happy you got one out of the way. You're one step closer mm. to seven. Mm. I don't know anything that's more true than that. And that's just, you know, listen, the next generation, it's hard. Failure in social media is deadly. And, you know, I'm not it's foolish. I was part of the machine. But, like, laugh at yourself. Get out of your house. Digital nomads are screwed. Go work in a team. Go look somebody in the eye. See when they're happy. See when they're sad. See when the aha moment is. Ask them what they. Well, ask them what happened. Ask questions. Find schmucks like me that care. <laughs> Join a startup. Tell them you don't know what you're doing, but you want to try really hard. Like the best founders, great on effort. Because no one knows what we're doing anyway, so who cares? Yeah, that's my that's my those are my advice, and like and just be read a lot, ask a lot of questions. I mean, I have three kids, you know, one of them. But what I say to them all the time is like, if you're gonna hang out with four people, be the dumbest guy in the group every time. If you're the smartest guy in the group, you're not gonna grow. Be really honest with yourself. And just have fun for the rest of your life to work. We're going to live to be like 90 to 100 with technology. Make every day count. Don't waste a day. It's, it's just so much fun when you just let go. Yeah. Pro tips <laughs> or semi-pro. They're either, I mean, I say this all the time also. I've made $0 million doing this. So I'm either really good at telling a funny story or I'll let you know in three years if it's working. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but I'm having a blast. And I'm making great friends and I'm meeting guys like you and I get to tell kind of pay it forward stuff. So that, that gives me energy. Have a good break. Take care of your families. Hug them all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and hook them horns. Come on. Every time, baby. <laughs> this is it. Once in a generation, this could be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could be the ones. Are you, the, are you there? <laughs> Everybody well, we'll needs to help me catch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be there doing our best, cheering them on in New Orleans, and, and the next God, step. God, I hope I see you in Houston. God, I hope I see you in Houston. Won't Come that be on. fun? <laughs> yeah, hair stood up on my arms. Whew. Let me know how I can help. Check me out on LinkedIn. I answer everybody. Awesome. Just one other thing. Yeah, we are doing events in Austin, Boston, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, and New York for the next six to twelve months till I faint. Show up, bring a founder, <laughs> bring a friend. Follow us. We'll help you get a gig. But, and if we're lucky, we get to write you a check. That sounds great.
Yeah, we'll link. We'll make sure to link that. I'm sure it's on the Ocean's website. Those events, and we'll link your LinkedIn there. Josh, jam packed with great stories, good laughs, and awesome advice to round it out. Thanks for joining us on the show, and we're really excited to share this with with our listeners. Awesome, guys. Have a great one. Have a great holiday season. Thank you, Josh. Hope to see you in All Houston. Right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do it.